0: hi i'm sheila diane jackson and this is the good ceo where you meet bold unapologetic entrepreneurs who have taken a stand for good and found innovative ways to align profit with purpose learn new ways to expand your business and help our communities thrive even change the world all at the same time my goal is to inspire you to positive action The Good CEO is expanding. We are a movement, an incubator for women leaders who want to drive positive social change, expand their business value, and become leaders in their industry. So if you're looking for a safe space for sharing, innovation, positive action, and exponential growth, join us at thegoodceo.co and sign up for my free masterclass. So I'm excited to have Paloma Adams Allen with me today. Paloma Adams Allen is the president and CEO of the Inter-American Foundation. She's been there for about three years now, and I'm gonna let her tell you more about exactly what she does as CEO there. But prior to joining the IAF, she led the Global Private Sector Partnership Initiatives for an international NGO called Winrock International. Before that, she was deputy assistant administrator for the United States Agency for International Development called USAID for the Latin American and Caribbean Bureau. And she provided close to $1 billion annually for ongoing social and economic development programs in 28 Latin American countries. And that's why I'm talking to her today because she really understands how to create dynamic, and impactful partnerships between the public and the private sector. And of course, she speaks Spanish. She was born and raised in the seaside village of Strawberry Fields, Jamaica, which just makes me want a vacation right now in the midst of these lockdowns. And she's just an amazing, amazing woman. And I'm so thankful that you're able to join us today.
1: Hi, Sheila, thanks so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Um, I think I will start with quickly just explaining what the Inter-American Foundation is and uh, why we work with grassroots organizations. Um, The Inter-American Foundation was really envisioned to be an alternative to a traditional development model in the United States, one which works with third-party larger nonprofits to support communities in Latin America and the Caribbean. And Congress really wanted those communities to have more control over the resources and to be able to fund uh, their own ideas. And so they created the Inter-American Foundation to do that work. And so our mission is to partner with grassroots organizations across Latin America and the Caribbean, really in their bid to engage their communities in creating more prosperous, peaceful, and democratic um, societies. And so with that, I'll I'll move into um, the differences in our, In our opinion, we work with both types of organizations, grassroots organizations and traditional nonprofits. They make up our portfolio and we think it's good for effective portfolio management. In our experience, the main differences are threefold. They're based on location, leadership and expertise. So grassroots organizations by their very nature are based in communities, right? They're led by community members and they therefore have extensive knowledge Um, and expertise in local issues, traditional practices, culture, etc. So for us, the advantages of partnering with them are that we want to be in those communities. We want their knowledge. We want to ensure they're leading their own projects. And one of the biggest advantages is that they are trusted and considered credible by the populations who we want to make sure get the most support, the most vulnerable in society. The disadvantages of working with grassroots organizations are that they are small, they're less sophisticated, they're less mature, and so the startup time in terms of working with them, kicking off a project, seeing impact at the end is longer. And that's precisely why we invest in building up their capacity as an organization to mobilize their communities, design their own initiatives and partnerships, and run those effectively. On the other hand, yeah. on the other hand, nonprofits are typically located in cities and towns. So they are quite, they can be very um, distant from the communities they're seeking to serve. They're led by professionals in the charitable sector or the philanthropic sector. And they have extensive experience in running an organization, fundraising, designing projects, accessing donors, etc. <laughs> and so the advantages of working with them are that they do have that sort of professional expertise. So if you want to start up a partnership or some work um, with them, that can be done quite quickly. There's less investment in building up their capacity. It doesn't mean there isn't any. Sometimes they need some some investment, but typically it's faster. They also, because they um, are often working in numerous communities, they can work at scale. So if there's a project that you want to do or an initiative that you want to kick off, that you really wanna reach the largest numbers of people, it's you're not gonna get there with one or two grassroots organizations. It's better to work for a traditional nonprofit who can then mobilize numerous grassroots organizations in several communities. The main disadvantage of working with these nonprofits is that they are not of the communities that they serve and hence, building trust um, with the members of the communities they're looking to serve can take some time. And they don't also don't necessarily have greatest expertise of local issues local dynamics and so you have to be really thoughtful to make sure that they do that well and take the time to learn about the communities
0: they're working in right so so you really got into my next question which was about you know how do you know or what should you look for in terms of capacity because i think it's interesting with 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 ceos with entrepreneurs who want to partner with causes you know, and I work with entrepreneurs that are anywhere from large organizations to small mom and pop entrepreneurs, I guess it's just really a choice as to whether or not how grassroots you want to be, or if you want to work at scale and do something that has a national or global reach. Um, what are some of the, what are some of the core elements you think that should be considered in when you're agreeing to partner with a cause? Yeah.
1: So we have a sort of three-step process where you pass the first step, we move to the next step. Again, because our mission is to support the grassroots and partner with the grassroots, we're really looking for organizations that are truly of the communities, right? They're really from the grassroots. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we go through a three-step process. The first is um, we review their ideas. You know, they send a proposal to us and about what they want to do, who they are and what they want to do. And we review that that idea, it's very um, conceptual and it's a couple pages, we don't require anything detailed. And we review it with an eye to does it have the potential to make the change that they're seeking in the community? Is the idea potentially transformative? For instance, will it improve peace in those communities, address issues of prosperity, address poverty, promote human rights? And and is there some grain there that we think will help uplift the community in the way that they want to? And if we believe so, and we've done this for 50 years, so we have a good sense, we believe it does, then we vet the organization. We need to ensure it's aligned with our mission, the work that it's trying to do, but also the type of organization that it is. And we also wanna make sure that because we're a US government entity, we're using taxpayer resources or other donor resources, that the work that they propose to do but also the composition, leadership, et cetera, of the organization doesn't pose any institutional risks for the IEF. Once they've passed that um, second level, we then visit the community. This is before funding or anything. We go directly to those communities. And what we want to verify is that the organization itself um, does five things. First, that the organization is representative of the community, right? We want to see the people from those communities as members of the organization in leadership in those organizations. Mm. If we visit a community and the organization is headed by Paloma Adams, former Peace Corps volunteer in Ecuador who has gathered all these community members, that will be a little iffy, right? Because why is not the community have the leadership of this organization? Right. Second, that, second, we want to ensure that the um that the the organization embodies a sense of collective agency, right? The people have agency. They're going to be acting together with intention towards some goal. If we, if we feel like there's a leader who's sort of dominating the conversation or the people seem reticent, then we'll be concerned about, do they really have agency to make the change that they want to change? They want to make, Mm -hmm. um, the third is, do they articulate a clear vision? of what they want to do. If they're a coffee cooperative, right? What is their vision for the community? Is it to grow their business? Is it to include more women and young people in the collective? Is it to access the organic market? What, it, what is their vision? And how do they propose to get, to get there? They don't have to be experts. We will help them with that in terms of here, different paths, different types of organizations have taken, but they need to have an idea. We want to grow their idea and help them build on their idea. If they can't, if they don't have a clear vision and, or they don't even have a proposed path to get there, that'll be an issue for us. Um, The other two is that we want to make sure that they're committed to learning and to partnership, right? We're a learning organization. So we don't ding organizations and partners for a small failure. Something didn't work. You tried it. It didn't work, right? Then we learn Mm -hmm. from it We move on. We also wanna make sure that they're committed to partnering with their local business community, with other local organizations, with faith-based organizations, et cetera, because we have small investments. We know for them to reach scale or to sustain the work that they're doing with us beyond our funding, they need partnerships. So they have to be comfortable with those two pieces. And finally, we're looking for innovation, right? Either the, uh, the organization itself, how it's composed, how it was created and formed, or what they're proposing to do. So those are really the, the criteria that we step through when we when we go to the communities, meet the community members and assess the organization. If we're comfortable with all of those, then we will move forward with working with them on a plan and funding them.
0: I think that's a great way to look at it because it's really hands on. And, you know, I'm working with CEOs. My thing is you want to make sure that that everything you do is in alignment with your values because you're putting your name out there, you're putting your, you know, your brand out there and you want to make sure that what you intend to do is actually going to come to fruition, that you're actually doing the work, you know, that the organization you're partnering with is actually about the work that, you know, and the difference that you intend to make. On the flip side of that, you know, what do you think, um, how do you pick a great cause collaborator? You know, if you're poli- if you're picking a a CEO a company to work with in the private sector, what do you look at in in those companies? How sure. should entrepreneurs and business owners be prepared to work with grassroots organizations?
1: Absolutely, um, that's a great question. So when we're um, looking at the business community for potential partners, we're looking for a few things. And it's not only for it, we're looking for the the IAF as an institution, what will help us achieve our goals, but also always looking at what do our grantee partners, these small organizations we're discussing, what do they need? And so we we look for um, five things. The first is we're looking for a partner whose social impact goals align with ours and that of our grantees. The organizations we fund and partner with are typically um, women's cooperatives, right? Artisanal groups, farmers' organizations and enterprises, youth movements and organizations, environmental groups. So we're looking for companies who have demonstrated that they have some commitment, either as a part of their business, ideally as a part of their business, but if not as a part of their business, through the other work that they support, their, own, their foundations, et cetera. So um, we're looking for for corporations in particular who are committed to women's economic empowerment globally and or in Latin America and the Caribbean, work on financial inclusion, strengthening of civil society, human rights, um, environmental sustainability, etc. The second is, uh, and this is crucially important for us, we're, you know, not willy-nilly sort of they look nice, we should partner with them we're looking really to partner with them because they bring something that fills a gap um, in our either technical knowledge, um, they bring additional financial resources for us and our grantees, they may fill a technological gap or a sort of expertise gap. So when we're looking at our portfolio and we're working with grantees, we're saying, you know, you know what, we really need a partner who can help these grantees connect the communities they're working with right so we need a, a partner who has a certain technology communications technology works on broadband etc cetera, etc cetera. so we really try to be surgical in terms of the need that we have and identifying partners
0: who can help us fill that gap yeah so this is a real win-win situation the organizations can really enrich each other exactly
1: exactly um, yeah. The third thing, and this is for us and for our grantees, is a challenge, is scale, right? The the, mm-hmm. um, the challenges in communities in Latin America and the Caribbean and globally are are huge, and we have the data just in terms of the number of proposals we receive annually versus the number of proposals we can fund with our limited resources. So, for instance, in fiscal year 2019, we received over 700 proposals from grassroots organizations and nonprofits in Latin wow. America. Right, and we funded about 80 new proposals. So we know the need is there, the commitment is there, the ideas are coming from these from these uh, communities, and partnerships help us reach more geographies, reach more of these organizations because it stretches our, our limited dollar. Um, and uh, finally, you know, we're looking for for partners who will help sustain our investment. So if we if we help with a relationship between a corporation, some of our grantee partners, once we have stopped funding that grantee, our expectation is they continue that relationship and they continue to grow their organizations, advance their businesses, whatever the point of the original partnership was, whether or not we are in the equation or not. And finally, we're looking for partners who we can trust. right? And so that's where we do really serious due diligence about the organization, their commitment to human rights, have they delivered for other organizations and other types of partnerships can we really trust them? Because as you know, partnerships require confidence and trust. You're not going to get anywhere if you can't trust each other.
0: Exactly. Yeah. There's something you mentioned earlier I want to circle back to about measurable goals. I think measurable goals are so important. Can you speak to that?
1: Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Um, So, you know, one of the things in as a US government funder is that we are using taxpayer dollar. So we have to have measurable goals for everything that we do. And so that's sort of built in. It's not whether should we or shouldn't we We absolutely must do it because we have to be able to demonstrate to Congress, to the US taxpayer, to our board of directors that we're making progress towards our mission and that there have been real results. However, we balance that with the reality that for grassroots organizations, results are important, but so is the journey, right? They are we are in the process of investing in their capacity. So they're learning as they go. And so we want to make sure that we design um, goals and metrics to measure those goals that are holistic and that are flexible. And so we define the, the goals of the projects and the indicators with the grantee organizations. We don't come and set those and said, thou shalt hit these marks. We sit with them and say, what are you trying to accomplish at the individual level, at the organizational level, and at the community level? And what are we going to set together as indicators to demonstrate that you're making progress? If they have challenges hitting these these indicators and these metrics, we work with them. We unpack what's happening. Maybe we set these, these are too ambitious. Maybe this is actually not the right crop. You should move out of coffee and into oranges, right? And that will Mm -hmm. get you closer to your goal. So, so they are they are set, they're required, but we really try to make sure that they really address what the organization is designed to do, and what their proposals are trying to accomplish, and and grounded in that reality, and then be very flexible with them. Because what we want is their success. Um, very specifically, we monitor their progress every six months. Um, our in-country teams meet with the grantees. We look at where they are every six months in their project and whether we need to adapt their plans. Are they uh, going above and beyond doing fantastically? Do we need to be more ambitious or do we need to scale back in some way? And our grantees have really indicated that this approach, which holds them accountable, but is flexible and and empathetic, um, is really valuable for them. It's really, they get to focus on learning as well as as meeting the goals that have been set.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, in deal, in working with businesses a lot of times, a business versus a nonprofit and especially I'm excited was excited to talk to you because you're a grant funding organization and you have those parameters and that really, you know, detailed approach to interacting with grassroots organizations, I really wanted businesses and business women to be able to look at this as not just I'm going to partner with this organization because they 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 do things for girls, they up- empower women, or you know these very vague. Um, Vague goals and things just to align yourself with in a very general and vague way Mm -hmm. and to really go into these types of partnerships with an intention to accomplish something very specific an intention to create value on both sides. And, you know, the everything that you've laid out just really gives just great insight and an approach, a very specific approach to doing that. Are there any things that you would, um, any advice you would give to businesses considering partnering with grassroots organizations or nonprofits, uh, any things that they should look for to avoid like absolute no-nos or, you know, red flags to look for? Sure
1: yeah i mean we have a few that are sort of common for us and i think would be useful for businesses of any size considering supporting or partnering with grassroots organizations Uh, first you want just want to make sure the organization is actually grassroots and so that will require some digging um but, but some of the things that could be helpful are you know we are cautious if if when meeting with the organization the leaders dominate the discussion, right? So we, we insist on meeting mm-hmm. with not just the heads of the organization, but its members. And we're looking at the dynamic in the organization. So we wanna make sure that the leaders don't dominate those discussions and dig a little bit deeper as well to say, how are decisions made? We're looking for you know, decision making that's consultative, that is inclusive. All the members of the organization have a path to weighing in on those decisions, their voices are heard. If it seems like a very leader dominated, personality driven grassroots organization that will be a red flag for us and that's something Mm -hmm. that we would recommend that businesses take a look at. Um, We also look at the composition of the community when we arrive in the community and hence the composition of the organization right and particularly want to make sure that the organization regardless of what its cause is that um, it is it includes the most sort of underinvested in people the most marginalized people And for us in Latin America and the Caribbean, that women, right, Mm
0: -hmm. young
1: people, indigenous peoples, Afro-descendant people, um, people with disabilities. So we look at the local context, right? And so um, if we are, for instance, say in Colombia, and we're in an area that's very heavily indigenous or Afro, but the organization does not include a significant number of those people, that will be a red flag how are you going to support these people? How are you of this community if these populations who are clearly the most vulnerable in this this community are not represented? And specifically, and you get higher marks from us, if those populations are in leadership, they're heading the organizations or they're on the boards or they're in committees, they're running projects. Uh, The third is if we arrive and we speak to the organization and they make a compelling pitch, and then we do go around and we meet the community. If the community members are generally unaware of what this organization is planning or doing, that is a red flag, right? That means they have not not consulted with the community. It is really not an inclusive exercise. And -hmm. then the fourth, and this is a big one, um, we wanna make sure that we're not sort of um, investing in or promoting a savior mentality, right? We want communities to save themselves and so organizations or leaders that fail to recognize that the knowledge and agency of the community around them is crucial to take into consideration, really to be is so important in designing any project, any cause, um, then, then for us, we're out of that relationship, right? And you can spot those pretty easily. These people have all these problems and we're here to help them. Right, is is a red flag, right? Even if it's a a traditional nonprofit that's not from the community, they can also be very clear about what the community's needs are and how they're going to include the, the community in leadership in responding to those versus arriving in helping the community.
0: That's an important one to me. that that's huge because you can't it has to include the people who it's impacting it just can't be your 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 fantasy of what's happening and what needs to be done yes
1: yes and this is for us as a u.s government developed foreign assistance agency a challenge right and we Mm -hmm. really try this is why we we work so closely with the grassroots and we try to take ourselves out of the solution so that we're not arriving as the great savior to save you because that also just fuels dependence, right? It doesn't fuel self-reliance. and um, But it does take very being very intentional because we are all in this work because we want to help, right? Um, And so we just have to manage that instinct to make sure that we're not making about us.
0: Yeah, and you want to cultivate the empowerment, you know? Precisely. And self-determination. Exactly, exactly yeah well thank you so much that that gives a clear path to me and that's what I wanted to provide was just a clear path for for entrepreneurs because so many people now are thinking about how can I how can I help how can I align with the causes that are important to me how can I align my brand and partner with organizations so I can help make a difference and those in t- good intentions are great but you really need the strategy to go along with it and this is this is a great strategy thank you for sharing
1: and thank you so much for having us we're so ex- we're always excited to to share the work of the inner american foundation and we're happy that it can be useful to entrepreneurs here and abroad
0: yes thank you very much absolutely Thank you. You've been listening to The Good CEO. Remember, a woman who has discovered her voice is a force to be reckoned with. May the force be with you.